helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today's show is about co-parenting through divorce, co-parenting after divorce. And we want to help you today if you're in a situation where you have been divorced and you're having a hard time co-parenting with your ex-spouse, this show is for you. Or maybe you are not in that situation, but you have friends who are going through divorce and they're having challenges where parenting is concerned. This show is for you as well because this show will help you to be able to advise your friends as to what to do, what not to do, and and some of the strategies for co-parenting after divorce. But before we get into today's show, let me welcome my co-host, Melissa Wagat. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much, Michael. It's always great to join you on the Life Transformation Radio Show. And I'm really excited about this topic because I think it'll hopefully bring a lot of hope to people because there is the potential to successfully co-parent. And hopefully with the strategies we talk about today, people can make small changes in situations they're in or just get, as you say, tips that they can share with others because it is possible and there is hope through it. But there's things that you can do that can optimize your chance of success, shall right. we say, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think this this show is becoming, unfortunately, becoming more and more necessary because we have uh, a fairly significant percentage of our population uh, that have gone through divorce. And I'm talking about the society in general, but also within the Christian church. There are, there are unfortunately more and more couples who are dealing with this unfortunate reality of, of divorce. And I think when we don't co-parent effectively, are in a positive way, the children are the ones who suffer. And this affects many generations. The Bible talks about the sins of the parents affecting the, the to the third and fourth generation. So I think this show is not only very relevant, but also a, a very... Uh, a very powerful show that can help to prevent the damages, the the curse from one generation that has a divorce and it to to be perpetuated to 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 three and four generations. So we're really talking about breaking things here that that could become a curse for many generations. But before we get into the to, into today's show, let me welcome those of you who are first time listeners, and let me thank those of you who are faithful listeners for joining us again for another Life Transformation Radio Show. If you're new to this to this broadcast, then you can find out more about the show at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can also call us if you have a question about this show, about past show, or you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, please give us a call at 613-699-1677. There are those of you who have reached out to me and have asked me about the past show shows and and listening to shows that you have you have missed you can listen to these the podcast of past shows by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com you can also comment on the shows that you have heard on our facebook page if you go to our website and uh, click on the Facebook tab, you you can also dialogue with other listeners about what you have heard in 
the show. So again, thank you very much for listening. And the other thing we want to remind people who may be new to the show is this is only one part of the Elam organization. Elam is also a professional professional counseling organization as well, offering counseling in the Ottawa and surrounding area. There's also offices in Cornwall as well. So if you are in need of counseling uh, services for mental health um, illnesses or relationship challenges, we also encourage you to give us a call at 613-699-1677 or visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com and we'd be happy to help you out uh, with with whatever needs you may be um, facing at the moment. But as you said, Michael, today we're going to be covering the needed and broad topic about co-parenting after divorce. And to set the stage, I think, for this discussion, it's probably important for us to start about some of the challenges that can come up and why this can be a tricky situation in general when you're starting that co-parenting journey after you've had a divorce or separation. Yes, especially in the early stages, this can be very, a very difficult thing to do because you you are going through, people who are going through a divorce are having what I call emotional fatigue they have gone through a lot of a lot of very hard things they have lost a, a dream of a, of a relationship that should have lasted a lifetime uh, they have now uh, lost the, the 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 social status of being married and are now looked up on as being divorced and so all of these take a, to- a toll emotionally on top of that then there are logistics that you're dealing with maybe moving to a new neighborhood downsizing and the the toll of this uh, the toll of this on emotions is, is very very hard so people who are dealing with all of these changes tends to be very stressed so co-parenting is especially in the in the in the first few years after divorce is taking place in in, in 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 against a background in which people are highly stressed because of all of these difficult things that they're dealing with on top of that there is the hurt factor where divorce sometimes happens because of infidelity or betrayal and in these contexts there 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 is also anger and bitterness that is also uh is also being experienced by at least one of the parties involved. So when you're you know, you have to co-parenting in 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 that kind of a, a a climate, it can be very hard. On top of that, you have other things that eventually come into the picture, uh, such as uh, the influence of of step parents, which which will come down the road. And so when when these things happen against that background. Uh, Co-parenting can be very, very difficult. So in today's show, you want to look at some of the pitfalls to avoid and give you some of the strategies for for dealing with co-parenting against that kind of a difficult background. And so to that end, what kind of pitfalls should people watch out for and begin to avoid? Because you have painted this picture. There's a lot going on. Um, at the same time, kids are growing up. It's not like you put the kids growing up on hold while you're going through these stressful events. So what kind of things should people keep an eye out for and try their best to avoid to lessen the stress within the situation? I think one of the very common pitfall or one of the, the, the major pitfall that we see is that there sometimes can develop this competition for the children's love. And I think this can be very damaging for children because now you have a situation where it's like my household against your household. So when the kids are with me, I am going to compete with you. I'm going to try to 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 create a situation where the, the, the children will 
prefer to be at my house than at your house. So there is this competition that develops. And, you know, if you buy a certain gift for the child, I'm going to, I'm going to buy something bigger to make sure that the child loves me more. Or if you discipline the child, I am not going to discipline the child because I want to make sure that I am the parent that the child loves the most. Now, the, the only per, the person that suffers in this kind of situation is the child. And and so when you're when when you're in this kind of a situation where you find yourself in a competition, and step back and think about what you're doing because you're you're not really benefiting the child by competing with your spouse, especially if you're becoming the child's friend or if you're putting strain on the financial on on the budget of the family because you're competing with the other spouse to get the child's love. I think another pitfall is trying to turn the child's mind against the other parent. And I think this is very damaging for the child because not only is the child being burdened with the hardship that the divorce imposes on, on children where now they have the stress of two households, their, 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 their identity has changed in, 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 in a sense because now they are, you know, kids of parents who have had divorce instead of being in, in the, 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 the typical family situation. So now, on top of that, if you start poisoning the kid, the children's mind by telling them things about their dad or about their mom, that negative things, and letting them know how terrible a person their their father is, then you are actually hurting the child. So, question about that: What? How do you play out though in situations like that where you're not? actively poisoning the child against their um, their other parent but maybe you're just telling them the truth maybe the actions of mom or dad let's take infidelity for example led to the divorce and the child asks why are you getting divorced and you say mom or dad cheated on me or whatever the case may be some would say you're not actively turning the child against their parent you're just telling them the truth but there is the potential for them to maybe think different other mom or the dad. How do you negotiate that? Because sometimes the circumstances that lead to the split up of the marriage may naturally... I, I'm, I don't know if I'm answering the right question. Yes, I, I do understand. And, but and you I, may I think see where I'm going you, with that. You're, you're talking about the, 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 the truth. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and Paul said it well in, in... I think it's in Corinthians when he said, all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. And I think we have to weigh the situation to say, is it expedient? Is it, is it really wisdom to share with to share with my children about my spouse's infidelity. How will this affect their view of their parent? And uh, would this lead to rebellion in, in, the child's, uh, in, in the child's behavior because they're now angry at the other parent? So I guess when, when it comes to a question like that, there is no easy answer to say, yes, you should tell or no, you shouldn't tell. But I think the age of the child is a very important factor in that. If you have children who are in their in their early 20s or their late teenagers, 18, 19, it's a totally different situation 
than if you're dealing with children who are eight or nine years old. And I think that plays an important factor as to how much you tell the child and how you tell the child. I think for younger ages, it might just be enough to say that mom and dad are having difficulties right now and we we, 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 we can't get along and, and so it might be best for us to be apart as we, uh, as we, as we try to 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 parent you because it's it's not healthy for us to be together we're having too much conflicts and if you if you paint it in words like that then it's not necessary especially at a younger age to get into the detail you know like dad slept with my best friend Mm -hmm. that's just too much information for younger children to be but i will say however for older ages uh when it comes to uh, late teenage years, a lot of the times the children already know what's going on because they 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 are more they 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 can pick up more on signals. So it, they they will probably know that mom or dad is cheating. And so in those kind of situation, uh, it's not the same. It's not as damaging to them if they know the truth about what's going on. But I would say for younger years, you should be very very careful about how you how you give them details about their parent because they still need to see that to see that other person as their parent and be respectful and be disciplined and and be respectful to that person. So what other pitfalls should people try to avoid? I think another common pitfall is parental alienation. And parental alienation is when one parent goes out of their way to exclude the other parent from from the the parenting scenario and so it might be very subtle ways as well uh sometimes it, it it's it's not very overt where a parent will say no i don't want you to see to see the children because you're not a good influence and keep the children away sometimes it's yes you can see the children but they put a lot of obstacles in the way of that happening and so for example you might uh, one example of that would be that when it's the other parents turn to have the children you might find uh work it out in such a way that the child picks up a part-time job on those days when the other parent is available. And so the other parent comes to pick up the child and then they'll hear, oh no, you know, you can't see him or her today because they have just started doing this job for the neighbor. And so things like that are keeping the, the other parents the other parent in dark about the activities of the children, not informing them of doctor's visits or or uh, their sporting activities or their recitals. Uh, the, these kind of, of, of uh, events are, are kept from the other parent as a, as a way of alienating them. And this usually happens in people who are very, very insecure and self-centered. And so they're not putting the needs of the children first. They're putting their own needs. And they're, see, they're so enmeshed with the children that they're seeing the children as an extension of themselves. And so I don't want to see that person. And so my, my children should not see them either. But this this is a is a very damaging pitfall because what you're doing that you're robbing the children of a, of an opportunity to have a of a relationship with someone who has been in their life before. And and again, as you're controlling those situations, the perception may be, oh, they don't want to see me. When in reality, that individual may actually want to see them and be able to see them, but you're the one that's limiting the contact and they just don't know any better. So they may not show up to the soccer game, but they don't even know the soccer game's existing at that time. 
If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today, we're talking about co-parenting after divorce. If you've just joined us and missed the first half of the show, we encourage you to listen to it at our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always give us a call for a copy at 613-699-1677. We're just in the process of discussing some pitfalls to avoid when you're in a co-parenting situation. And you just described alien uh, parental alienation as a pitfall to avoid. What other things should individuals try to avoid when they're in these co-parenting dynamics? It is also very important to avoid... Uh, Avoid cutting off the children from people who have been part of their support base. And I'm talking about uh, uh, friends who they might have developed a relationship with. They might be, be, be friends of your 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 ex-spouse. But if these people are important in the children's life, if they play a role and you cut off those people simply because they're, they're your, your ex-spouse friends and not your friends, then you're robbing the children of, of relationships that can be vital. Similarly, grandparents, parents of your ex-spouse, if you become so bitter at these people because maybe they haven't taken your side or they are still they are still friendly or supportive of someone who, of your ex-spouse who hurt you then you can you're, you're hurting your children by keeping your children away from these people so i know it's sometimes very hard to to navigate this in a way because you're hurting and the instinct will be to know these people you know they're they're not being nice to me so i'm not going to be nice to them but i think it's very important to put the interests of your children first and divorces is, is very hard on the children as well so when you Take them away from people who are part of their support base because you are hurting. Then what you're doing, you're taking away resources from them that can help them cope. You might not be 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 in agreement with how your 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 in laws have handled the the divorce, and maybe you're you're hurt by things that they have said. But remember that it's you who have been hurt, not your children. And if your children have had a very good and close relationship with these people, then it's very important not to alienate your children from these people because by so doing, you're taking away, as I said before, a valuable way in which they can cope with the divorce. So thus far, we've covered challenges and we've covered pitfalls to avoid. And I think it's... Um, the next thing to discuss is the strategies, because you've laid out a lot of scenarios that are truly challenging and are very difficult to sort of navigate. And for many people, it's the first time they're doing this. So um, they're kind of figuring it out as they go. So right. what strategies or tools can you implement meant to make this a little bit easier? It is very, very important as you navigate this very difficult situation of divorce that you sow seeds that foster cooperation instead of discord. So, for example, be flexible with schedule. If your spouse calls and say, you know, it's my time to... To, to have the children on Wednesday night, but on Wednesday night I've been called into to work. Can you take them on Wednesday night and can I have them on Thursday night? Uh, because of bitterness or hurt, the temptation might be to say, no, you can't have them. It's my night. Thursday night is my night and you can't have them Wednesday night. Too bad. But remember that there will be situations in which you will need the other person to be flexible as well. So if you start 
sowing these seeds of discord and, 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 and lack of cooperation, then when it's time for you to, to, to when, when, when you need flexibility, the other person's tendency is also to be very rigid. And so I, I think it's very, very important to show that, to, to, to sow these seeds, these seeds of, of cooperation, because it, it, it's good for the children. The less tension that there are between spouses, the more, the more easily the children will recover from, from divorce. But also the less stress will be there for parents as well if you create this climate of cooperation instead of discord. What other things can people do to foster um, this cooperative environment um, when you're co-parenting? I think it, it's it's important to go out of your way to include the other spouse as much as possible, because again, this is good for the children. So I think one of the strategy, what uh, one way of doing this is to keep the other parent informed. If there are things that you know of that the other parent might not know of, such as uh, an activity that the child will be doing after school where parents are invited, don't make, because of your bitterness towards that parent, you rob the child of an opportunity to have their other parents there. Again, it's, it's, it's not your child needs that that parent to be there, that support. And when that child look in the stands and see the other mother and father's there and then their father or their mother is not there because they were excluded, they weren't keep informed, then I think it's damaging the child. So I think it's very, very important to to include, go out of your way to include, because again, as you included a parent, then there, there will also be the possibility that they too are going to become more inclusive and more cooperative with you. The Bible tells us that we are, we are to, we, 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 whatever we sow, we will also, we'll also reap. And so if you begin to, to, to alienate the person, not keeping them informed about what's going on, and, and you sow seeds of discord and you're, 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 you're uncooperative and, and, and bitter and rude, then the other person is going to do the same to you. But as you sow these seeds of cooperation and as you keep the other person informed, then you're creating a better climate for everyone involved. Another strategy you've outlined is seeing parenting as a partnership, not a competition. Why is this an important perspective to take? Right, I think we, we should realize that parenting is, is not about you. It's about the child. And so if you begin to, to see in your mind that, you know, this person is my, we are competing against each other. And so we have two households. You have my household. And when the, the child is with me, I'm competing against my husband's household that when the, that when the child goes there, I have to outdo that person. And if you have that framework in your mind, it's very hard to be cooperative. But if you change that mindset and you said, look, we're on the same team. We have the same objective. We both want what's best for our children. If you begin to change that mindset and begin to think in terms of we might have different skills, different ways of doing things, but the objective is the same. We both love these children and we both both want what's best for them. If you create that mindset, then it will be easier to to develop that 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 partnership type of mentality. And I think that strategy of changing the mindset and, and seeing things as a partnership is very, very important to create incorporation within the, 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 the parenting. Are there any other strategies people can use? 
I think another strategy is to avoid lecturing your ex-spouse about how to do things. Because I think when you get into a situation where you begin to say, you know, you know, the, why is it that the, he didn't go to bed at 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 eight o'clock? You know that eight o'clock is 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 uh, is my child's bed bedtime, and I understand that he didn't go to bed until nine thirty. And how dare you make him go to bed that late? And you're are not following the, the the way of doing things and you're so difficult to get along with. When you begin to speak in ways like that, then you're not creating a climate where the other person is likely to cooperate with 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 you. So if you can if you can say things in a soft way, you know the Bible talks about the soft answer turns away wrath, but that grievous words stir up anger. I think if you can begin to to say things that have, have you have you tried doing things this way, you've been doing it this way, but have you considered this? How is it working out when he goes to bed at at 9.30 instead of 8 o'clock? Was he able to get up on time for school the next morning? What kind of challenges did he have? Did, 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 were you aware that it was very difficult to him to concentrate in school and that he was falling asleep in class? I, I just thought that it might be helpful to bring this to your attention in case this, this wasn't, no, was, wasn't made known to you. So as you begin to, to, to be soft and you begin to share ideas in a different way with your spouse, you're more likely to get cooperation than than to 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 get this kind of caustic atmosphere that is usually there. So Michael, if someone's out there and is listening to you and thinking, okay, this sounds great. It's a bit Pollyanna, but it yeah. sounds great. But the situation I'm in, either my co-parent doesn't want to engage in co-parenting as you've described, right. or maybe they don't share the same values that I do. And so some of these strategies or pitfalls to avoid, I literally can't do it in yeah. my situation. It won't work for me. We've tried it. It's no go. What would you say to them? Well, I would say that it's it's important to realize that these things are not easy things to do, and especially against the background of being hurt. I think the tendency is to act out of that hurt. And if you're dealing with someone who you are being cooperative and that person is not cooperative, then it also makes it difficult because you feel as if you're give, give, giving and the other person is not giving. But I think in these situations, it's very important to to, to think that you don't want to stoop. You want to continue to, you don't want to stoop to the other person's level. You want to continue to do what's right regardless of how the other person is acting. And so you want to set a higher standard. And the Bible says that uh, as far uh, in Romans 12, 18, that as far as as it depends on you, that we are to live peaceably with everyone, as far as it depends on you, not on the other person. So the onus is on you to act in a godly way, not to stoop to the the, 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 the standards of the other person. But what if you're still hurt and bitter? How do you get through that while still parenting your, your and that's children? A ver- that's a very difficult thing, uh, Melissa, because especially in cases where you have been betrayed or, you know, th- there is infidelity and, and there there is betrayal and you have this resentment and bitterness, it's sometimes hard to put these things in place. And I know it's it, it these are techniques that might not be easy for you, especially in the very early stages of divorce. So if you're listening to this broadcast and you're going, yes, but I just can't do that right now, that's understandable. 
reasonable. And I would say that in those cases, especially in the early stages after divorce, where you need help, you need someone to talk to, and you need you need help. Maybe you need counseling. Maybe you need to go and sit and talk to someone about the betrayal that you have been through, because you, you might not be able to get to these strategies and do things in this way until you have dealt with the underlying hurt that is standing in the way. So if you have been listening to this show and you can and you are saying, yes, that's me. I hear these strategies. I understand that I should do what's right, but I just can't do that right now. I would say, get help. Get counseling. Talk with someone because you might need to heal before you can co-parenting in the way that we have talked about today. And so this is something that is interesting to you, give us a call at 613-699-1677 or visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com. So we're at the end of today's show, Michael. Another great topic, as always. It's always great to join you in studio. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure for me and uh, and a privilege for me to do this show because I think it's such a necessary show, especially with the high rate of divorce, even among Christian populations. So again, thank you very much for listening to this Life Transformation broadcast. And until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.